0: Train, eat, repeat, the knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into another episode of Train, Eat, Repeat. So glad you're taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Again, if you love what you're hearing, I would love to get your feedback. So on iTunes, please leave a rating and review, and let me know just what you think and possibly even what you want to hear about. If you are new to Train, Eat, Repeat in general, welcome in. And we are making some adjustments and tweaks to our website as well, traineatrepeat.co. Again, not.com.co, but just changing up some things, adding some offerings. That's also where you can access our blog, uh, which typically does follow along with what we cover on the podcast that week and something that you can subscribe to as well. So what are we talking about this week? I felt it was really important to talk about diets and the reason why it's one of the most covered but confusing topics in our world today. You know, you've heard fat is bad. Fat is good. Carbs are evil. Meat gives you cancer. I mean, the, the headlines are endless. And whatever you have read in the past or recently, chances are there's another article debunking that information. And unless you're a trained nutrition coach like myself or like Andrea, that leaves you with a lots of information with no definitive answers, which is maddening. So while the point of this discussion is not to tell you that One diet is better than another. The real point is to help you decide which diet is the right one for you. Because in the end, that's what is the most important. A diet is only useful if it actually is working for you. You know, do you practice a diet that is sustainable when considering your work, life, environment, body type, and goals? Because anyone can do a diet for a predetermined amount of time, but can it be sustained indefinitely? In my opinion, that is gold. That is the goal. And that's not to say that you won't make tweaks as you age. Your style changes, your portfolio in the stock market, your hairstyle, etc. But the basic principles will most likely stay the same because you enjoy how it makes you look, how you feel, and leads to a longer life. I'm sure that's all why we're here, right? To live as long as possible, but to make sure that it is a long and healthy life, not just to live long with disease. So to make a diet, what you eat, more sustainable, I believe there are some basic principles to pay attention to. Again, this is how I've gotten hundreds of clients to lose weight, drop body fat, and live healthier lives. It's not the definitive answer for everybody, and I don't want you to take it as that. And also know that I use these same principles in my own life as well, in my own weight loss journey. And I still use those principles today because, again, they're repeatable and sustainable. So what is principle number one? Eating sensible portions without calorie counting or point counting. You know, at one point or another... You've heard that body composition is a calorie in versus calorie out formula when it comes to maintaining, gaining, or losing weight. And to a certain extent, there is a lot of truth to this, although there are other factors to be considered. The truth of this is that if you were to overconsume more calories than you expend, then more than likely you would gain weight. And while there are those that swear by tracking their calories or macros, which is completely fine most of us don't have the time or the patience to do so, and that also includes myself. What I teach via the TER method is the hand portion guide. You know, studies have shown that using your hand to measure your food is a fully accurate way to get the right portions of food during each meal. For the majority of this, this is what it would look like. So for men, two palms of protein. So just hold up your hand, whatever big your palm is. That includes your fingers. One to two cupped hands of starchy carbs or fruit. So starchy carbs, we're talking about your potatoes, your rice. You're talking about your pasta as well. Two fists or more vegetables. Can never overdo it with green coniferous vegetables. And one to two thumbs of fat. So your thumb, your fats obviously would be like your avocado, your nuts and seeds, your oils. And for women... Much of the same, just a little bit less. One palm of protein, one cupped hand of starchy carbs or fruit, two fists of veggies or more, and one thumb of fat. So depending on your goal, you would adjust your carb and your fat portions, predominantly, up or down. And I did talk about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast on eleven four. 4 So if you want to learn more about that hand guide and how to adjust it for your goals, make sure you go back and listen to the podcast on eleven four. 4 so, portions, using your hand, that's principle number one. Principle number two, eat mostly unprocessed, high-quality foods. You know, what's the point in having good portions, principle one, if the food you are eating is loaded with extra sugar, fat, and ingredients you can't even pronounce, or the ingredient list is, is longer than the, uh, this podcast, You know, the quality of the food you eat has a direct impact on your ability to feel your best. In most cases, I believe that it also shelters you from disease, leading to a longer and healthier life. To make it simple, eat foods that are in the most natural form, or eat foods in their most natural form whole grains, fruits, vegetables, pasture raised meat, wild caught fish, nuts and seeds, beans and legumes. If it comes in a box or a can, avoid it. If you eat it, no matter how much, you're, and you're still hungry, put it down because more than likely, it is a highly palatable processed food. These foods have all, the, all those whole foods that I listed have all the vitamins, nutrients, and fiber your body needs to function optimally and also help support your goals. So not only do you look good, but you feel good also. Principle number three, creating a better eating environment. So the way it works is that principle two, which we just talked about, can't happen if your environment doesn't support how you wish to eat. Look in your cupboard and fridge right now. Go ahead and pause the podcast or carry the phone with you, whatever you're listening on. And I want you to count how many processed, sugar-laden foods you have in your fridge. My guess is you have quite a few. And because they are there, you will eat them. No matter how much willpower you have, and I'm no different, if I have dark chocolate, which actually isn't that bad for you, but I have chips and pretzels and all those things, I have dived into every single one of those because it has been there. So the key then is to create an environment where those foods aren't there and therefore no longer tempt you. And this is a process. By no means am I advocating throwing out food. In fact, I I love food. And anytime someone says, oh, I'm going to throw this out, I'll be like, whoa, hold on a second, because I love leftovers. Although I have had clients do this because they know if it sticks around, it'll end up in their stomach. So their best case scenario for them is to just get rid of that food. What I am advocating is, besides throwing out food or not or advocating besides throwing out food, is taking stock in and being aware of your surrounding environment and deciding if it is something that is helping you or hurting you. So taking a look at the foods that you have available in your home, the things that you continuously buy at the supermarket, are those things that we are craving but don't necessarily uh, fit our goals? If so, we need to start creating that environment and you have ultimate control over that. Principle number four, create a better relationship and language with food. And this is a tough one, but so important. Let me ask you a question. The last time you went on XYZ diet and someone offered you something that was a no-fly zone, how did you respond? Did you say, I can't or I don't? Very slight differences in the response, but a huge difference in how you feel after giving that particular answer. See, I can't implies that you have no control over your current situation, that somebody's forcing you to do it, when in fact you decided that this diet was the best thing for you. On the other hand, I don't says that you've made the conscious choice that XYZ diet is no longer part of your life or that particular food is no longer a part of your life, or that drink, whatever it is that that person's offering, is no longer a part of your life and no longer serves you. This is a power statement. And one that says, I'm comfortable with who I am and the decision I made not to have this food. You know, in a study from the Journal of Consumer Research found that people that use I don't versus I can't statements we're 70% more successful in reaching their goal. If you create a better language and relationship with food, you will, have the pow- you will have power beyond belief over your circumstances and you will also feel better in your answers. Principle number five, hydration. I would say this is one of the most underrated pieces of living a healthy life. And yet, so few of us remain hydrated throughout the day. This leads to decreases in athletic performance and strength and cognitive function. It doesn't take much either. Dehydration of 1%, or for an example, that would be two pounds for a 200 pound person, is all it takes for it to start causing problems. After all, the majority of us are 60% made up of 60% water. It also is important for digestion, appetite suppression, and ridding your body of toxins. And while I could tell you the standard is to drink half your body weight in ounces of water and other fluids per day, what I tend to focus on more so is the habit that makes this possible. It's amazingly simple. Always carry a reusable non-BPA water receptacle with you. In my experience, hydration tends to be an out-of-sight, out-of-mind problem. Trouble is, It has already become a problem if your mouth is dry, cognitive skills are lacking, and food cravings are rampant. Having your water next to you in that receptacle is a physical reminder. We're very visual as human beings. A visual, physical reminder to continuously drink water throughout the day. Try it, and I guarantee you that you will stay more hydrated. Principle number six, using supplements as a safety net not as a magic pill. See, there is no such thing as a magic pill that will help you lose weight. I don't care how many advertisements, how many different Instagram influencers have told you this. And if there was one, undoubtedly there would co- it would come with consequences and zero lessons learned, of course. However, I am a believer in using things like multivitamins, fish oil, magnesium, protein among others to help fill in the gaps or provide more nutrients that we don't otherwise get from our food. And we need these because of poor absorption, poor food quality, and overall lack of whole foods in our diet. Again, remember and revert back to principle two. I can almost guarantee you that we all have deficiencies in one micronutrient or another. So, Using high quality, third party tested, high absorption supplements are a great way to supplement an otherwise healthy diet. That's where the word supplement comes from. It shouldn't be your diet, it should supplement your diet. You know, and I personally use supplements I have, I would say, for the last 15 to 20 years and notice the effect it has on my ability to have energy, my ability to. Uh, you know, recover better from exercise to feel my best. And I get all of them specifically from Persona Nutrition. I don't work with them personally, but definitely a company that I can get you introduced to um, and they do a great job. So again, supplements are not the magic pill inside of the, T- the TER method and not something that you should use as a end-all be-all, but again, to fill in those nutritional gaps. Principle number seven, and this is the last one, balance and moderation, not restriction. You see, this is the last principle because mastering the others before it is so important. And in some cases, you must master those first to allow yourself to bend the rules a little bit. However, my approach and philosophy are to enjoy life. I've already touched on how complicated the word diet is. And the worst thing you can do is restrict yourself from everything because you believe you can't partake. Which again goes back to saying don't versus can't. Instead, pick and choose your spots to enjoy a night out with friends and maybe eat something that isn't on your menu, if you will. Have a glass of wine after a hard day. Again, the whole point here is, that these choices that led you to stay on track, the, these choices that you're making right now and allowing yourself that little bit are choices that will most likely lead you to staying on track the majority of the time and allow you to live a fruitful and enjoyable life. So those are the seven principles. Those are the principles that the TR method is built on. It's how I coach. It's how I live my own life. And you know, to me, I'm happy with food. I enjoy food. I love food. And the clients that I've worked with have found more of the same. And again, the whole point of these principles is that it's sustainable. So definitely try these principles out. If you guys have comments or questions about a certain principle, I encourage you to reach out to me on social media or through the website or through the podcast itself. Um, Yeah, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Use these principles As you see fit, again, a tool is only useful if it's useful for you. So until next time, be kind, be humble, and work your ass off. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.